Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. So I have to, to comment on your t-shirt. I think it says immigrants feed uh, America, which I could not agree more with. Uh, and you have such an incredible personal narrative yourself. Uh, you came to this country with next to nothing. Listen, as an immigrant, I'm very thankful about the amazing opportunity I gained by being invited to join this country. I always said that the immigration reform is not a problem for America to solve. It's an opportunity for America to seize. Dreamers should be part of the American dream today. Who people think is being feeding America through this pandemic. The people that are, that we can afford to be playing golf, who do you think is taking care of those golf courses? Who do you think is refilling the shelves? Who do you think is working the farms every day from sunrise to sunset? Sometimes uh, badly paid, badly treated, without any uh, PPE to make them safe. Who do you think 11 million undocumented Americans, I'm telling you, they've been in every corner of America through this pandemic, moving America forward. Those men and women, they show the value to America. They show that they belong to America. It's about time that once and for all, we pass comprehensive immigration reform. America will win. Republicans and Democrats will win. I am thrilled to welcome to Yang Speaks uh, celebrity chef, humanitarian, activist, entrepreneur, Jose Andres. Uh, wow, Jose, it's so great to connect with you. You've been one of the great success stories of the culinary world, but also entrepreneurship more broadly and humanitarianism. And I know that there are so many people right now that want to hear from you on multiple levels, but particularly what the the future of restaurants looks like and what we can do to help. Uh, because we know right now that so many restaurants are suffering uh, and you're in better position to, to know what that looks like from the inside than just about anyone. Well, I, I can tell you that, you know, uh, use, uh, uh, was a New York Times article uh, talking uh, about while well, some restaurant in New York uh, alone in Manhattan, they were uh, doing okay uh, by by having tables outside, taking the sidewalks, and sometimes looking like the restaurants are doing okay under the circumstances. The reality that this New York Times article uh, was bringing to light was that almost 87% of the restaurants are not able to fulfill the rent payments. Uh, this, this brings reality that the restaurant industry, uh, uh, more than uh, 500,000 uh, restaurants across America, that they are restaurants independent independently own, um, many of us, we had to close uh, first because our cities, our states mandated to do so. But I would say also was the right thing to do, specifically in a moment that NIH and CDC was not even giving us very good, uh, very good uh, idea what was going on or 
the White House and, and beyond. So to close down was the right thing to do, but this has put a lot of hardship, not only in the restaurant industry, and with that, I don't mean the owners alone, that they have a lot of responsibilities. I have almost 30 restaurants at the beginning of this pandemic. I had to close three or four because it was the smart thing to do. Uh, restaurants will not open again. Out of 1,600 employees, uh, right now uh, we have 450 back, but still we have uh, many more that, that unfortunately still we, we cannot rehire because some restaurants remain closed or or we don't have a space to bring everybody back, unfortunately. And this is the reality that beyond the restaurant owner is the, is the millions of uh, Americans that work out of the restaurants directly, that they are out of, of a job. And the many other restaurant jobs the restaurant industry creates, farmers, many of them, they, they, they've been having a hard time uh, selling their fruits and vegetables to, to, to other people because restaurants, we were the main output of their production. Fishermen, clam, uh, clam fishermen, lobster fishermen, you name it, all across. So this has put the burden beyond the restaurant industry directly, indirectly, the many men and women, the millions that feed America every day. And, and this is the hard reality. The fall is coming already. We know that this pandemic uh, is still, we didn't win, that is still we're going to have a few hard months ahead where the restaurants, uh, as uh, the weather is going to get colder, we're not going to be able to sit anymore outside. And, and, and inside doesn't make a lot of sense. Even if they tell you do whatever you want, let's face it, I want to have my team safe, their family safe. And even if the government or the mayors tell me 50%, my restaurants, I'm not going to fill them more than 30% or if I keep them open at all. So the hard reality is the restaurant industry is suffering uh, and we need the full support of the federal government to take us through these hard times. We make more than 12, 14% of the, of the jobs and the GDP of America in more ways than one. We need to be supporting uh, uh, the restaurant industry. We have a bill. Uh, we call the Restaurant Act that uh, we are requesting uh, over $100 billion to be supporting the restaurants through these hard times because I cannot see an America going back to economic growth next year if the restaurants are not part of the solution. Well, I know that I could not agree more uh, that small businesses and restaurants in particular are the lifeblood of so many communities and that there will not be a comeback. So can you tell us more about the Restaurant Act uh, and um, and walk us through the decision making? So um, we've been in the midst of this pandemic now for six months. I agree with you. Obviously, it's not ending anytime soon. And uh, you had to make a host of very difficult decisions around different uh, teams, different restaurants, where it sounds like you've closed several for good. But of the 70, uh, many you hope to reopen. Um, you've reopened many under a limited capacity where it sounds like you've brought back about 30% of workers uh, and they're they're likely doing a lot of takeout and curbside. Um, you're, they're not bringing people in. Uh, so what does the decision to uh, keep a restaurant open look like? Um, how flexible have you found landlords to be in terms of let's say those 87% of restaurants who obviously don't have the revenue coming in to pay rent. Uh, if you are a landlord, I'm thinking, well, okay, my, this restaurant can't pay me. Um, but if I foreclose on this restaurant, then am I really going to get a new tenant in during this time? Probably not. Um, but, it, but it seems like a lot of these landlords themselves often owe money um, in various ways, like they've financed their property. So even if they wanted to forgive the tenant, uh, they might have a hard time doing so. Uh, and I'd imagine you're even having those kinds of conversations with some of your landlords. Uh, me personally, and I know uh, it's been uh, many people trying to guide small restaurant owners that maybe uh, we were not uh, so good in understanding how to renegotiate uh, with a landlord. We need to understand that many landlords are suffering too. We need to recognize these, number one. 
many landlords are maybe uh, they own the buildings where the restaurant is, but maybe they have to be paying the bank also uh, the loans on the property they acquire. And uh, we are all together on this. But it makes a lot of sense to understand that if a landlord is, is not willing to compromise, at the end of the day, that restaurant will end closing. And that landlord is not going to be finding anybody to take over that, that space anytime soon. So uh, myself, we've been able to negotiate. Obviously, I'm very lucky because I have a very good financial team around me that brings me wisdom. Um, but we've been negotiating uh, our different leases. And um, overall, we found good landlords willing to compromise. And the compromise is all of the above from postponing some payments to even uh, taking away a few months off uh, the table, um, going maybe from uh, uh, some fixed rent structures to more percentage fee structures. So everybody commits. Uh, it's many options that everybody should be exploring. But I know it's been good people out there trying to give uh, small restaurant owners that maybe they had the savvy on adapting to these new situations that can help everybody used to find compromise. I do believe compromise wins the day and where the states or uh, the cities through the mayors can, can do something to bring certain logic, I think will be in the best interest of everybody. Uh, I don't see America again with every single corner, every single storefront shut down. Uh, uh, if we want to have uh, economic growth again, we need to position uh, the businesses and especially restaurants to be able to be part of that economic uh, growth post COVID-19. Uh, so uh, in the early days, everybody's familiar now with the PPP, which was an early idea that White House Congress put forward. The idea was okay, uh, but as we know, um, uh, all of a sudden we realized that the restaurants, we were becoming the unemployment uh, uh, facility instead of taking care of the payroll uh, through the traditional unemployment uh, office. Uh, all of a sudden the restaurants were doing this, but people thought that, oh, this is great. This is coming to the restaurants. Well, it didn't. Uh, the restaurants, uh, I was very happy because we were able to be paying employees. Me, I was able to get PPP. Again, it's good to have a good, a uh, good team of uh, advisors and lawyers, and that knows how to navigate those uh, uh, waters. But many small restaurant owners didn't have that power, and many of those PPP were not uh, didn't go to to a small restaurant uh, uh, owners. So I think a very small percentage, around eight, ten, twelve percent only of of what we call the independent restaurant, um, the IRC uh, coalition, the independent restaurant coalition, uh, the vast majority of restaurants didn't got any PPP eight at all. Uh, so the restaurant act is uh, an act that is being bipartisan support, uh, which is rare these days, but the food somehow brings everybody together to the table. Uh, breaking bread still means something. <laughs> And everybody understands the value that restaurants bring across every community in America, every state. And PPP was more focused to provide relief to those restaurants, half a million restaurants and more all across America, that the idea was precisely to give this grant that they could be uh, forgotten, uh, uh, that will be uh, for the restaurant owners to be able to pay rent uh, uh, restaurant owners to be able to do investment into the cost associated with running restaurants through this pandemic. The amount of money we have to be investing on gloves, on masks, uh, is just crazy. Use uh, the, the new setups outside, the separation between tables. This is extra, extra cost in a moment that the income is not coming. So overall, uh, the Restaurant Act is just trying to do this, to put $120 billion in the hands of more than 500,000 restaurants across, where restaurants can have the freedom to use it, depends what they need it for. Some may be to uh, renovate uh, the restaurant under the new, the new 
pandemic, uh, others obviously to pay salaries, uh, to pay rent, to pay farmers, to pay bills. And I think will be has many other things. I recommend everybody used to to Google uh, Restaurant Act, and you'll see more the details. But overall, is used to bring relief to the more than 500,000 restaurants across America. Also, I've been pushing forward. I, I, I was one of the founding members of, of the IRC, the, the Independent Restaurant Coalition. But uh, I, 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 very early on, I focused myself on feeding America. And I realized that this was an emergency, a different type of emergency. This is not a hurricane. This is not an earthquake. The restaurants were not affected. Uh, uh, was not destruction but we were shut down. So we had many Americans that were hungry, that were about to be hungry, or hospitals that need somebody to be, to be feeding them. Who better than restaurants to do this? So Wall Central Kitchen, we had almost 3,000 restaurants across this pandemic, almost 40 million meals, where the money we were receiving from people supporting our feeding efforts, what we did was different this time. We began partnering with restaurants across America, more than 40 states, and pay the restaurants so the restaurants could be open, the restaurants could be employing people, the restaurants could be paying rent, the restaurants could be buy from the local farmers, all of a sudden, $1 multiplied by four, because it was covering many other problems at once. That's why we push for the FEED Act. The FEED Act is simple. Why we don't recognize that we have an emergency? that is beyond the economic uh, and the health emergency. It's a humanitarian food emergency. And by investing in restaurants through FEMA, once the emergency is declared, supporting uh, mayors and supporting governors, and where those people, especially the mayors that they are at the front lines, they can be activating those restaurants to feed the shelters to feed the hospitals that they had to shut down the, 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 the food operations, uh, the homeless, elderly homes, first responders. It's a smart idea where every dollar coming from the federal government will be multiplied by four, tickling down the economy and helping everybody. You feed the people in need, in the process, you reactivate the economy. That passed Congress and there's the HEROES Act uh, Pelosi was a big supporter, but more important, we had bipartisan support. We had Davis in Illinois, we had Thompson, uh, we had McGovern, we had uh, Hurt. Who, who sees a bipartisan support? And in the Senate, we had Tim Scott, South Carolina, Kamala Harris, California. We had many more. All of a sudden, a good idea that needs the support. Past Congress is sitting on the Senate, but unfortunately, uh, the people in charge of the Senate right now is not very interested these days in bringing relief so the to American people. So the FEED Act is part of the HEROES Act, is that right? It, it passed early on, uh, but as you know, <laughs> uh, it's been sitting now for weeks in a month in the Senate. It's a great idea. Uh, you know, I, when I saw restaurants, yeah, when I saw restaurants, uh, shift to feeding hospitals and shelters and the rest of it, uh, and it employed people. Uh, I'm sure the people who were eating the meals were incredibly grateful uh, and appreciative, and the suppliers to the restaurants. So it is a win all around, and it goes to show what you said earlier, which is that uh, restaurants are so vital, and it should be bipartisan because everyone loves restaurants. Who doesn't love a restaurant? This podcast is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Why let big tech companies see everything you're doing online when you can just use ExpressVPN and then be footloose and fancy free? Plus, you get access to exclusive content by beaming in to another market. What do I mean? Let's say you have Netflix and you missed the show Snowpiercer. By the way, I loved that movie. And you want to watch the TV series, not available in the US on Netflix, but if you beam into the UK or someplace else, then there's Snowpiercer on your Netflix. See how it works? This is a way you can get more from what you're already spending on streamers, plus totally anonymous online, plus you can do it by pushing one button anywhere you are. It's why I love ExpressVPN. It's like a set it and forget it. So be smart. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. 
Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash yang. Don't forget to use my link at expressvpn.com slash yang to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. The hope is that our government gets its act together and passes real relief. So I want you to paint a picture. Let's imagine that there is no relief, no feed act, no restaurant act, no nothing. Um, what does the restaurant industry look like in, uh, let's call it six months with zero support? Um, I will see. I will say that 40, 50 percent of the restaurant will close forever. I, I will have more more of my restaurants that I will have to make the hard decision of closing them because we will get into a debt that will not make any sense anymore. Uh, even if the economy will be strong in 2022, the debt we will incur will be so great that it doesn't make any sense. And, and this is coming from you and your restaurants are stronger, better financed, better managed, more popular. Uh, more uh, predictably profitable in a normal or good time than the vast, vast majority of other restaurants that are out there because, uh, you know, obviously, like, you know, you, you're a, a celebrity and your restaurants are uh, them, themselves famous uh, in each community. So without aid, you'd, you'd project that almost half of restaurants will go out of business for good? Uh, I've seen numbers and, and percentages that they are much grimmer than the number I'm giving you. I think uh, it's, it's a lot of people will not make it. It's, it's no way they can make it. So that's why it's so important that uh, uh, government on this sense takes over. Listen, I'm a guy that in that sense, I want to make it on my own. Uh, uh, but the, 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 the hard reality is that um, um, if this keeps any longer, and especially when we know that this is the right thing to maybe be closed, but even if we want to be open, uh, uh, they, they are telling us to close. So under that reality, uh, I think it's smart for everybody to be supporting a restaurant industry that supports so much, because we'll not only be our cities and our communities that will suffer, Rural America will suffer. Uh, many, many farmers have been talking across America, especially in the place I live in, in Maryland, in Virginia, in DC. Some, many of the farmers, they've been doing okay because the farmers markets, they've been running very smoothly, very, very, some of them unbelievably well run, keeping distance, keeping everybody safe. And some of them, they've been doing even better than ever. But not everybody goes to farmer's markets. <laughs> not everybody has the know-how, the infrastructure. Many people rely on just be selling to restaurants all across. And I know that there's many farmers and many people in the food industry that dramatically are going to be uh, being affected. Already they are, but in the month to come, it's going to be many people that they're going to be having to sell their boat because they cannot afford anymore to pay uh, uh, to the bank, uh, their leases, if they are in the clam business, or if they are in the lobster business, or in the, in the Hollywood business, uh, all around, everywhere you look, is going to be people affected directly or indirectly because uh, the restaurants will suffer. So better be that uh, Congress gets their, their hands together. PPP was a good idea that didn't have the results we wanted. And the restaurant industry, we believe, has been somehow forgotten. And that's why it's so imperative, so important that the Restaurant Act passes. And also, I would say the Feed Act, that while there are two things, that they are totally different, at the same time, they accomplish the same. Use invest money in the future of uh, economic growth for all Americans. And in the process, uh, be feeding Americans in need as you are putting money back into the economy. Again, I think it will be brilliant. Uh, and we need Congress to pass Restaurant Act and Feed Act. So for anyone watching this or listening to this, you know, imagine 50% or more of the restaurants closing in your community. That would be catastrophic on multiple levels, not just for consumers who'd see the restaurant close, but all of the families that work at that restaurant to the suppliers, 
and it's not like anyone's going to run out and reutilize that space. So the landlords would suffer. Um, you'd wind up with depopulated retail and ground floor establishments, um, which itself would create like a negative spiral when it comes to any kind of recovery. So to me, it's a no brainer that we need to invest resources in helping restaurant tourists survive, especially because we can see it's not anyone's fault uh, that it, it clearly is nothing that the restaurant tour did or didn't do. And when I've been out to these establishments, some of them that have been outfitted for the pandemic, you could tell that there was some cost involved because they had to put up plastic shields and barriers everywhere, but also that that restaurant is going to be significantly less uh, revenue generating because having people sit down and eat uh, is a good thing. And if you have to knock out 50 or 60 or 70% of the tables or say can't sit here to try and create distance, then you're going to make less money. And many of these restaurants weren't exactly uh, assured of making money even in normal times. So I feel like like right now, restaurateurs have so many obstacles that it's such an uphill battle. And we have to do everything we can to help them survive this battle because it's going to be uh, disastrous for our communities, for our economy, for so many families if these restaurants don't survive. So one of the great things that banks and credit card companies and financial institutions could be doing right now will be to be very active in providing support to small restaurant owners and small businesses overall. Um, um, we, we think like everybody has an understanding of, of what is a good financial performance and, and income statements. And, but I think now will be a great moment to provide that type of support to, to small businesses owners and especially restaurants. Uh, I said that myself, I've been very lucky because I have friends, we have uh, amazing team members that financially they are very smart and that makes me look good and makes me smart. But still, I'm going through hardships. Uh, but I cannot imagine people that will not have that support, giving wise uh, uh, advice on what to do, how to negotiate, how when to ask for a loan, when not, uh, what the what the the right rent should be, how to renegotiate your rent, your lease, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, it's very hard. It's very hard to know. Uh, and one one thing that uh, I want to throw out there that you mentioned earlier is that in many of these cases, a credit line is not enough in the sense that for many restaurant owners, if you just build up their debt load, they'll look up and say, wait a minute, I will never pay this debt back. Um, I'm going to be working for a creditor essentially for like the rest of my uh, my life. Like I'd rather shut down. Um, so some of the well-intended measures around, oh, we'll lend you money, like that will not keep the restaurant open in many cases. hundred uh, percent agree. We saw it with PPP that uh, PPP, again, I repeat it, was the right idea that the implementation was so-so. Even uh, White House kept changing. Uh, uh, we, we, were, we were always behind. It's like all of a sudden one day you were okay. And uh, a month later, you realize that you had to pay a big percentage back to the government. And you are like, but hold on a second. It's already difficult to pay back a loan when the restaurant is functioning properly, imagine how do you pay back a loan when you have no income and actually you're losing money. Myself, for example, and I know is many, many more in my industry facing the same. While uh, we, we, we are having income, uh, some of my restaurants are between 40 and 60% of the sales compared to last year. Not bad, right? But let me tell you, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that we're doing that. But again, it's only 40, 60%. Uh, uh, and, and still, uh, week to week, month to month, we are not making money. We are actually losing money. Why I rather prefer be open? Because I can be employing people. 
because yes. I can keep paying the lease because I can keep buying from the farmers. Uh, sometimes you look yourself at the mirror and you say, wouldn't be better use to, to shut down and, and, and use, just wait. Um, uh, but I, I believe that being open is so many more people we can be employing. Even I guess it's a risk because COVID is around and COVID is a reality and, and, and complicates things in ways we've never experienced before. So again, um, yes, this is going to be hard for everybody. That's why we need a White House that recognizes the problem we are facing. And when you have a leader that seems not even to recognize we have a pandemic and seems not to recognize how many businesses are suffering and who instead of coming up with the smart ideas and bills to invest into solutions, seems he's throwing money at the problem. We've been paying farmers across America, the big farmers, because very bad policy in the White House fight with China, where actually now we are not better off. Uh, maybe the president is showing uh, uh, everybody how strong he is against China. But right now we're spending more money paying subsidies to our farmers that they are not even producing food because the war with China, we've spent four or five times uh, in those subsidies to farmers that we spend when we had the automobile crisis. And he's not creating jobs. He's only throwing money at the problem. The president looks good, but he's really writing checks to farmers. In the process, we are not feeding America. This is, to me, insane. That's why we need policies that they don't look that they're good so you can get votes on election day, but policies that empower Americans to do well all across. We need a White House that recognizes the pandemic. Until we don't have that leadership in place, everything is going to be hard because we require a very big approach idea to have a big investment to regrow the economy towards 2021, 2022. And right now, I don't see that leadership in the White House or in the Senate. Well, you know I'm on board, Jose, that we need a different uh, set of leaders in the White House, and uh, hopefully we can turn the page for our country on November 3rd or thereabouts. This podcast is sponsored by Helix Sleep. I've always been a mattress guy in that I knew if you're going to spend eight hours doing something, you should probably invest in doing it right. That's why I love Helix Sleep, which will send a mattress to your door that's made just for you. You take the Helix Sleep quiz and you get matched with a mattress based upon whether you want it to be soft, medium, firm, how you sleep, other variables, and then voila, it gets sent to your door and you can try it for up to 100 nights and send it back. They have a 10 plus year warranty because they believe in their product so much. I do too, my kids do too. They actually seek out this mattress even though it was designed not for them. <laughs> That's how good this product is. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It is even recommended by multiple chiropractors and doctors because they think it'll make you healthier. Don't take my word for it. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com yang and use code helixpartner20. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. So I have to... to comment on your t-shirt. I think it says immigrants feed uh, America, which I could not agree more with. Uh, and you have such an incredible personal narrative yourself. Uh, you came to this country with next to nothing. Uh, you worked in a restaurant. Uh, I know you've been back and forth uh, to Spain and the US, but you, you your work uh, just kept on drawing more and more fans and support. And uh, everywhere you went, people um, wanted to, to taste your food really, like, you know, is, is so much of it. Uh, and I feel like your immigrant story is like the story that so many people came to this country to 
uh, have a chance at themselves just to try and create a better life for themselves and their families. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm the son of immigrants myself. Uh, and, you know, I, I know you've had your run-ins with uh, our current president, hopefully outgoing president, <laughs> over the fact that you were supposed to have a restaurant in one of his establishments. And then you said, you know what, I don't think I want to have a, a restaurant in this establishment and uh, and ended up um, like uh, on the other side of the, the president there, which I commended your or like I like many Americans thought that you were awfully uh, principled and courageous to make that stand. Um, but I'm sure there were some negative effects uh, uh, as well that you had to deal with. Well, let me tell you, imagine the day I wake up and uh, the president of the United States is suing my company and myself personally. And actually, because that was the right thing to do, I sue him back. Uh, how many times you have a uh, president of the United States that is in a zoo with a citizen? <laughs> I think it's a first. Um, but I did it because I, I, I sincerely believe that, that his comments on Mexicans were used, uh, not the right thing to be listening from a leader. Um, and, and that the right thing to do was to stand up. Um, many people told me, if you knew he will become president, will you do the same? I say 100 times over, yes. I remember speaking with him uh, in the um, early days of his comments. And he told me, don't worry, Jose, everything will be fine. Jose, we are winning. Jose, we are winning. I say, Mr. Trump, I'm, I'm trying to open a restaurant. I'm not running in your ticket. Uh, I'm not supporting your ticket. I only want to have a successful restaurant. And I believe that we, the people, uh, means that we should be respecting each other. It doesn't seem you're a person that respects others. And, and I hope that you will change and rephrase uh, your comments. I thought he was going to do something. I was so naive that I thought that a, a cook like me, an immigrant like me, could make a person like him maybe to sound apologetic. I don't think that was naive at all, Jose. I, like, like, it was quite reasonable of you to think that. He doubled down two weeks later, and is the moment that. So uh, for me, obviously, you mentioned about measured immigrants, immigration reform. Listen, as an immigrant and as a Spanish-American, I'm very thankful about the amazing opportunity I gained by being invited to join this country. And by becoming American, uh, you gain a lot of... Um, a lot of things that this new country of ours gives us. But with, 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 the, with becoming American, also you gain responsibilities to be a good citizen, to give back, to respect others, and to give back as much as we receive from the country that welcome us. Uh, but also we need to be aware of the big lie that we have on immigration reform that we need to be also pragmatic. We had chances with the Democratic Party that we didn't take. And, and is, uh, everybody needs to be involved in passing immigration reform. Dreamers is the first step. How is possible that we have almost a million uh, Americans because they may not have a passport, but to me, sometimes you don't belong to a place because they give you a paper. You belong a place because you work hard to belong. Those dreamers, they are earn our respect by becoming young citizens. Almost a million is strong. Do you know how long it takes to train a workforce of a million people? This is an asset for America. I always say that the immigration reform is not a problem for America to solve. It's an opportunity for America to seize. Dreamers should be part of the American dream today, but who people think is being feeding America through this pandemic? The people that are, that we can afford to be playing golf. Who do you think is taking care of those golf courses? Who do you think is refilling the shelves? Who do you think is working the farms every day from sunrise to sunset? Sometimes uh, badly paid, badly treated without any uh, PPE to make them safe. Who do you think is the people that they've been putting America forward through this entire pandemic? Many Americans in the, 
the, in the middle lower class that they've been working day in and day out to provide for their families, but indirectly to keep America moving. But 11 million undocumented Americans, I'm telling you, they've been in every corner of America through this pandemic, moving America forward. Those men and women, they show the value to America. They show that they belong to America. It's about time that once and for all, we pass comprehensive immigration reform. America will win. Republicans and Democrats will win because we all know and undocumented. They are part of our lives, our, our communities. It's about time we do this. And I hope this pandemic towards 2021 will give the opportunity one day soon enough to pass immigration reform, to allow dreamers to belong and become American citizens. And why not to give the opportunity to undocumented uh, immigrants to have a legal status in this country. Uh, it's heartbreaking that we have missed the opportunities we've had, Jose. You know, that there were windows when uh, bipartisan legislators came forward and said we need co a comprehensive approach to immigration. And everyone knows it. Unfortunately, many politicians now feel like it's more advantageous to them to have something to get, make people upset uh, than it is to to reach across the aisle and hammer out like uh, some kind of compromise or bipartisan approach. Uh, and we're seeing that in, in on multiple fronts, unfortunately, now with the pandemic. But immigration to me has to be very, very high on that list of things that Americans know that we need needed years ago to have a more rational approach, a humane approach, a more clear-eyed approach for the reality of the fact that so many of our communities rely upon immigrants every single day. Uh, and so your t-shirt is very apt. It's so inspiring to me to see someone like you who's come here, made so much of yourself, but then also thrown yourself into multiple important causes right now, fighting for restaurateurs, uh, for immigrant rights, but also you've led many humanitarian efforts around food and uh, food scarcity and food relief. Um, someone said to me when they found out that I was going to be talking to you, that it's like everywhere there's a crisis, Jose is where, where you're like, you're like this, uh, uh, the, the, this food saint who's like just trying to deliver food to people who need it. Uh, and to me that that's such like a, an American story where it's not like you were content just to become an, an enormous success, which you you know have been for years, but that you're fighting for people other than yourself and you're fighting for things that are bigger um, than just your businesses. Well, I, I always said that people like me, we feed the few, but people like me, we should be also involved in feeding the many. Uh, when you have a fire, you send firefighters and they do an amazing job putting their lives at risk. We've seen it right now in Oregon, California, in every one of our cities. Uh, when buildings collapse, we send first search and rescue responders. Uh, when you need to provide help to people after a hurricane or earthquake, we send teams and, of doctors and nurses and even we do field hospitals. Um, but I realized that then when you have to be feeding people after an emergency, we should be sending the best people who knows how to feed people, which are cooks. Uh, this to me came uh, early on in my life when I was, uh, uh, I realized that Haleo on 7th and E, my first restaurant in Washington, D.C., back in 1993, that across the street from where Haleo is, was the missing soldier's office that was found a few years later. The missing soldier's office was the house and the office of Mrs. Clara Barton, the woman that single-handed was taking care of the wounded during the American Civil War. And is the woman that thanks to her created the American Red Cross. Uh, my father and my mother were nurses. Uh, to me, it was very simple to say, we need to be involved in more cooks. What happened in Katrina, what happened at the Superdome was never supposed to be happening if we had a very good unified response to the hunger and food uh, and water needs uh, of Americans. So guess what? Uh, I realized that we are millions of restaurants across the world. Uh, 
And even if I don't know every restaurant owner, every chef uh, in every city, restaurant people, in a way, we know each other. And when you say you're a chef and you're a restaurant, it's almost like, is this kind of, of family uh, connection? So I realized that we could be activating restaurants and food trucks anywhere in a moment's notice. When Beirut explosion happened a few weeks ago, uh, the World Central Kitchen teams were on the ground in 24 hours. Within, seven, uh, within 48 hours, we had 10 restaurants in the perimeter of ground zero where the explosion occurred, providing tens of thousands of meals to people that lost their homes, to volunteers, to first responders, to hospitals. That's what we did. We brought the entire restaurant community. Everybody, we organized the systems. We were able to support the restaurants. We created the systems of distribution. Everybody thinks that we are cooks that cook food. Yes, that's a must. But what we are very good is in creating the distribution systems. If you have assets, but you don't have distribution, equals you have nothing. Sometimes <laughs> I know I'm very, I'm very critical of FEMA. The men and women of FEMA are heroes to me. They are good men and good women. The National Guard, the first responders. But the organization, the entity of FEMA, has sometimes the people handcuffed. FEMA yep. has to live to its destiny. I am not the one that put the word emergency in FEMA. When you have the word emergency, means that the urgency of now in respect to food and water is now. If you fail to provide food and water to Americans in need, not only sometimes days, sometimes weeks, you are failing the American people. So yes. what we do is trying to understand that food is today, water is today. In Bahamas, we were able to land when still Dorian, the hurricane was northern of Grand Bahama. We were able to land already in Marsh Harbor, Abaco. Within five days, we reached 80,000 meals a day, distributed through 14 islands. How? When all the kitchens we were planning to do north in Bahamas were destroyed, we don't have a plan. Because when you plan too much, you freeze. Why? Because in emergencies, nothing goes ever as you plan. So the best tool is adaptation and embracing complexity. So we got six helicopters, we got two seaplanes, we got one boat with two helipads, that had jet fuel so we could refill the helicopters. Before a week, we were feeding all the islands every day, not only bringing food, but bringing water filtration systems for desalination of the seawater. We were able to bring medicines, generators. We were able to do 50 medical evacuations. We are cooks. We are a small organization of 40 people. We were able to do more than 3.5 million meals when the big organizations were still frozen, having meetings about how to operate. Sometimes I believe that the best action in emergencies is boots on the ground, learn and firsthand what's going on, not from the top of a helicopter, but boots on the ground, listen from the locals, watch the situation. You are able to effectively adapt on the ground at the moment and be covering the needs of the people in real time. That's what we are trying to do at World Central Kitchen. And that's what we hope uh, we will keep learning to be better every day. Uh, as unfortunately, uh, uh, we are needed. I hope that one day World Central Kitchen will go out of business. But emergencies, we know they are always going to happen. We are not technically a hunger organization. We are more a first responders food organization. And, and we know that our job is necessary to bring Americans together, to bring people of the world together and start feeding people right after an emergency happens. That kind of nimble entrepreneurial approach is so necessary, uh, especially in a real-time crisis. And what you just described to me reminded me of the saying that I know you know well, Jose, which is, uh, amateurs discuss strategy, professionals discuss logistics, <laughs> where, where you immediately just go straight to, what do we need? How do we get it there? Like, what is the distribution channel? How are we going to actually get the raw materials in for these kitchens? Uh, that's exactly the kind of approach that is so helpful in a crisis. 
Because like you said, the reality on the ground never looks like the way it did in the conference room anyway. <laughs> you, you know, you have to get to the ground. And it reminds me of some of the experiences I've had too, where um, one of the things that I'm passionate about right now, Jose, is that our country um, is getting bogged down in bureaucracy on so many levels. Uh, and then people are just getting more and more frustrated because things aren't working the way they're supposed to. Uh, and, uh, at a restaurant, you have no choice, but to make it work. Like with, uh, your organization, you're like, well, our entire job is to, uh, figure out how to make it work. Um, and we need more of that. Uh, it's, uh, and I, I'm going to say that entrepreneurial spirit is something that, uh, I spent years trying to cultivate to a higher degree, um, in young people and entrepreneurs around the country, because it's so important. And if we lose, uh, that substance, then we're sunk. Uh, you know, and I think it's one reason why your passion for helping restaurateurs uh, is exactly the right cause, the right fight right now, because each of those restaurant owners, like, is like their own, uh, like they're they're fighting their own battle, you know. But but they're but they're each like real battleground leaders, you know, like, like they, they figure it out every single day. Uh, and we need to give them a chance to succeed um, because they, they're so important to their communities. Um, and we can talk about the economics and the food and the rest of it, but really just the humanity of it, that these are people that uh, just make good things happen in their communities every single day. Uh, that's what we need to, make sure stays alive here in the United States. I, I think you're right. I think it was Winston Churchill that said that success is going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. But to have a failure, also you have to be there to risk, to take, uh, to take the risk other will not even take because it's easier to be in the comfort of, of what you know versus going out there and trying to move an idea forward that that sometimes you don't even know if it's going to work because you have a, a gut feeling uh, and you prepare as much as you can but still you don't know if the uh, great idea you have is ever going to happen but you have to be taking the risks Obviously, uh, we are talking uh, is the is the confluence between business and then a nonprofit, right? But World Central Kitchen was obviously trying always to bring this idea of the for-profit business in the approach, right? So, uh, in the same way, I tell you that we are an emergency organization. Uh, I try to bring the the spirit of the entrepreneur. Once the emergency goes away, like in the case of Puerto Rico. Uh, after Maria uh, and the 4 million meals we did, uh, Puerto Rico was changing to the reconstruction mode. World Central Kitchen didn't disappear from there. Now we have a great team that can respond and has responded to other hurricanes or earthquakes. Um, but we were able to be investing in uh, a plan we have to uh, help over 200 farms to make sure that the young people of Puerto Rico will not leave Puerto Rico, but will stay in Puerto Rico, creating a system of food production all across Puerto Rico, creating jobs, giving a sense of community, making sure that Puerto Rico will stop importing more than 90% of the food they consume, why they will have in a, in, a, in, a, in a place that is a rainforest, be bringing lettuces from California, or from Florida, where they can be growing their languages right there. And specifically for me, it never made a lot of sense that you will, you will put on a plane or on a ship languages that have zero calories. At least if you're gonna be moving food, move something that has a calorie to show off. Uh, uh, some some languages that they have zero calories and you are using planes and ships to move them all across the nation, all across from another continent it didn't make any sense to me so uh, we are doing the same in bahamas we are now helping some of the farmers that lost everything so so for us the uh, supporting entrepreneurs we know is very important because you are rebuilding the backbone of a better tomorrow 
And so out of these emergencies is great. We help, but we are learning so much of the locals and the locals tell us what they, they, they need and what their dreams are, that we try to be there as an NGO behind them and the money uh, that people donate to us, we try to make sure that doesn't keep going to fight the, to invest it into the problem, but to invest into the solutions. And now we, we began seeing a lot of good things happening in Puerto Rico. When I go back and I see all these hundreds of families that they have a living, that they are bringing local foods, that they are wow. uh, feeding the local Puerto Ricans, creating jobs and giving a sense of community. And if something else happened, well, we, we, we are rebuilding in case another hurricane comes. Uh, so we have greenhouses that the way they are built, they will be able to be supporting a hurricane. Uh, green, uh, uh, and this for us is also very important. Rebuild, generate jobs again, re-engage into the economy, but also rebuild smarter. So when something else happens, you can start moving ahead in the moment the hurricane goes away, start feeding your fellow citizens and putting the economy quicker and faster working again. Jose, we should put you in charge of something massive. I mean, you're already in charge of something massive and you create massive things. But if there was a government role that somehow someone could uh, enlist you for, uh, what would you select if there was such a thing? And it could be that there's nothing in the government that uh, that interests you because um, you, you've already got so much uh, on your plate. Listen, uh, it's so many areas of uh, government that uh, uh, I do believe uh, can be improved without, without hard work or huge crazy policies. Um, I do believe that FEMA response can be improved dramatically. I sincerely believe that FEMA can do more with less. And I have a feeling like right now they're doing less, spending more. And I say this sincerely because I've seen it in first person many times over. Um, I believe that the farm bill can be improved. I think the farm bill right now use, throws money at the problem, makes Americans sicker, makes Americans obese and fatter. Uh, doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't tickle all the money the farm bill has across every single farm. Seems that the farm bill is only helping the same very super big companies. I like big companies. I want to have a super big company one day, but I don't want to have that successful super big company at the expense of middle and smaller uh, uh, farmers Amen. being not able to survive. This is not smart for America. If you are giving subsidies to uh, the people doing the five, four, five, six big uh, cereals and grains, shit, why the people doing carrots and, co and broccoli? are not able to get the same subsidy. Why the USDA through the MyPlate is the government telling us what a good healthy diet should be. But then when you see the MyPlate, which the government is telling, this is what you guys should eat. But then you see the subsidies and the way the money at the farm bill is, is spent has nothing to do with that USDA issue, MyPlate, nutritional guidance of how to feed America. Let's make sure that at least we make common sense of what the government is telling us what to eat and the money they invest to achieve that objective. Sometimes we have things that don't work and don't make any sense when it should be so easy. Every single child in America should be having a school lunch. Remember that we began this in 1946 when generals, uh, they asked Congress to support feeding better quality food because we had young Americans that they were not fit to join the military because malnutrition. Uh, right now we have almost the same thing. Let's make sure that the federal government, and when we have a government, is there to make sure that they invest in the solutions, not to keep moving the problems forward on and on. It's like hitting the can down the road. Let's stop hitting the can. Let's get that can and let's do something with it. Let's use it to plan something. From there, you're gonna start fixing a lot of problems. Food deserts. We keep talking about food deserts. Food deserts is something like the federal government can end in a day with help of federal government, state level, and mayors. We can eradicate food deserts across America, creating on federal land businesses, 
small farmers coming to communities that are forgotten, making sure that people can use it through SNAPs, the food stamps, making sure that we are able maybe to subsidize the price so the prices is slightly lower and people can afford it. People don't want our pity, people want our respect. Let's create systems that gives respect to people and in the process you restart uh, local economies, you bring wealth to poor communities, is so many things we can be doing and quite frankly uh, the thing i'm asking vice president biden and any candidate uh, that will one day run in the white house and i know we'll see you uh, one day trying again uh, to to make it one day uh, and i wish you the best in the years to come because you'll be a great leader in many ways i've been asking vice president biden that we need to take food seriously and we need to have a person seated next to the president at the national security level to say food should not be a problem but an opportunity food one day we will not have enough food not to feed the world maybe to feed america because a pandemic will happen because a pest will happen because a drought will happen we're taking food for granted should be given more importance more seriousness and if we do that many many solutions will show up to make sure that the problems move away. I love it so much, Jose. What I am to universal basic income and eradicating poverty, you are going to be to food security and eradicating food deserts. And we should totally do what you just envisioned. It would be a massive opportunity, as you say. It's exactly the kind of thing we need to try and jumpstart our communities, our economy, our own health like our, our kids' futures. I love it. You're a visionary and we're going to hopefully have a chance to work on these things together. So the Restaurant Act, the Feed Act, World Central Kitchen, what else should we be doing to help you uh, aside from trying to get our, our uh, men and women of Congress to get their acts together uh, and enact real relief for restaurant owners? Well, uh, I think... Uh, so many things that are little that we can all be helping, right? Use registering to vote and voting. I'm voting for Let's somebody. Vote. I'm voting for somebody that brings empathy forward and brings America together forward. That's a simple thing to do. I'm not going to tell you who you should vote for, but you can guess who. But uh, vote for empathy and vote for somebody that has put America in a good path uh, before with a previous president. That's a simple one. Uh, people can be wearing a mask and make sure that we don't add more sick people to the list that overwhelms our hospitals and put the lives of nurses and doctors in danger. Take a look how simple. Who can be against that? Who can be against that simple sacrifice that you can be? We don't have a problem when we go to ski and it's cold and we put up. So shit, this is like a long winter. Use, play the game, take care of your fellow citizens, be... Uh, and then obviously, uh, myself, uh, Wall Central Kitchen, uh, you know, um, we've been uh, spending the money before we get it. If anybody thinks the way we do it uh, is something people like to be part of, go to wallcentralkitchen.org. It's always a great place to be. And, 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 and that's it. And if anybody is thinking about being a restaurant owner, now is a good time. Uh, it'll be a lot of restaurants out there that will take uh, a, a good, smart investor, somebody that had the dream of owning a restaurant. Now is the moment. In more ways than one, people can be bringing their savvy, especially if people are good on numbers and, and investments. And, and you can be saving the life of a local restaurant somewhere across America only because you are bringing a little bit of your cash. You own a restaurant, your dream is fulfilled, and you bring your know-how and you give a chance to that restaurant and that family is working out of this restaurant in the future. There's many ways to be helping. Everybody always asks me, but Jose, I don't know what to do. Everybody has talents. Look within you. Look yourself at the mirror and use, give more importance to what you know than maybe the importance to you give to yourself. Remember that life always starts at the end of your comfort zone. Everybody right now should move away from their comfort zone and they should be saying, it's a talent I have that can be helping others. Let me find who are those others that I can help them improve their future, their outcomes, their lives. Everybody can. So just find your way. It's plenty of ways 
in this uh, century, in this country of ours, to be helping fellow Americans in need. So you think about it. It's something inside every one of us that you will surprise yourself. You have a talent that can improve the lives of others. Just you need to find it because I know you have it. I know these people there will be thankful that you knock on their door offering your support and your help and your know-how. Jose, that was incredible. I I thought that you elevated food, but what you really do is you elevate people. Uh, so congratulations uh, on helping us think more and act more towards uh, our community members, our neighbors, and the people who are working in the restaurants every day. Uh, but also just to, to realize that there are so many things that unify us and food would have to be very, very high on that list. Uh, and you're such a unifying figure. I, I can't, I came into this conversation a fan, uh, but now I'm just thinking, wow, like there, there is no limit to what this man uh, can accomplish, the impact that he's already had and can have. Uh, and we need to take your vision and make it a reality. We need to eradicate food deserts in the United States of America and start there uh, because it'd just be a massive opportunity and improvement in our way of life. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much for your service uh, to all America by bringing your boys forward. Uh, uh, you show us what is to move away from your comfort zone. Probably you could be doing great just running your life and being, uh, and being successful in your life, but you decided to be there to bring your boys. Thank you very much because that was important and many of the ideas you were bringing forward, there are great ideas that uh, we hope one day they will see the light. And uh, again, thank you for your service and your commitment to believe that we all can make America better used by showing up. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate it, Jose. And I got to say, when you talked about just showing up and then figuring out what the reality was in the ground for World Central Kitchen, it reminded me of my presidential campaign <laughs> because it was like you draw up what the campaign's supposed to be. They'd be like, oh, man, let's get myself to Iowa and see what's going on. I'll just like take a drive to New Hampshire. And then you just like ended up adapting and uh, figuring things out. Um, so, you know, so that, that's what came to mind for me. Like, it really was just the entrepreneurial spirit where you just think like, oh, well, like, I'm only going to be able to know what I need to do if I go out and start doing it. <laughs> Thank you, Jose. Stay safe. And yeah, Restaurant Act, Feed Act, let's get them into law and let's get these restaurant owners the help they deserve. Let's make it happen. Thank you. <laughs>